0: Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, 1 Corinthians 6. We've been on a series now for a number of weeks. I think this is part 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't heard the previous, let me encourage you. Go online, look under the word supply. Title of the series is The Temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's no charge, no cost. You can watch it all, listen to it all. And uh, we're building on what has gone before. 1 Corinthians 6 This is uh, the Spirit of God through Paul addressing the church at Corinth. And we're a part of the same church. So this is written to us just as much as it was written to them. He said among other things in verse uh, 12. He said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. He, The Spirit of God is addressing them and actually correcting them. Because they have twisted the grace of the Lord into no restraint everything's okay anything's okay everything's okay no big deal cause we're not under the law and this is a wrong mentality and he's correcting this Spirit of God is and what he's revealing to them is the importance of the body the value of of the physical body, and its importance to God, because they were, you know, it it was part of the, um, I don't know, the Greek philosophies, you know, they worshipped a myriad of gods and goddesses, Mm -hmm. and they were all kind of stuff they believed, and these people that's in the church at Corinth, they haven't been out of idolatry but a few years, And so just because you get born again doesn't mean you automatically think right about everything. Now begins the process of getting your mind renewed so that you think more like God. And so they took some of this uh, um, idol worship, some of this messed up philosophy into the church. And part of that was, you know, in uh, Corinth alone in some of the cities there they had temples to goddesses and gods on every corner and part of their worship was um, sex in the temple they had one, one temple they had there near where they were had a thousand temple prostitutes that's what they did when they went to church and so the mentality was it doesn't really matter what you do with the body. Because it's all temporary anyway. And so then when Paul came and preached. Faith to them and grace. Then that they're not under the law. Because the Lord has made them righteous through faith. Then they took. Somebody took that and twisted it and said. Well hey. We got no rules here either. This is the church we've been looking for man. I mean do anything you want to. And so the previous chapter. There was a man there in the church. Had gotten involved with his stepmother. And they were living together or married. And, um, and I guess his dad was still in the church too. And, and the Spirit of God corrected them sternly. Actually told them to put them out of the church. And um, see, that, that even sounds strange to a lot of people nowadays. Because they, they haven't read the Word. They don't know the Word. And you've got people all over the place trying to tell you who God is and what kind of God he is. And even inside the church and outside the church, people are trying to tell you that God is a different God than the one you read about in the Bible. And this is a lie. I said, this is a lie. There's only one God. Only one, no matter what anybody says, there's only one God He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior of the world, and He is described in detail in the Bible, and He has never changed, and He never will. So if anybody's trying to tell you that God is different from the God in the Bible, they are either deceptive or just confused. But either way, don't let them influence you, and especially don't let unbelievers tell you who God is. Amen. That's right. Don't even believe in Him, and they're telling you who Jesus is and what He is. <laughs> Never met Him. Don't know anything about Him. Tell me what God is like. What's He like? In the book. Go to the book. That's right. Don't just make up answers. That's right. Right? Go to the book that's who he is everything he's ever said ever done recorded that's what he wanted us to know about himself and he has not and will not change so he's correcting them telling them that the body does matter and what you do with your body does matter and it matters a lot in, in 1 Corinthians 6 are you there uh, If you skip on down to verse uh, 19, he said, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Now, every word is significant. Can you hear the language? What? Don't you know? Why don't you know this? You should know this. What? Because they're saying, oh, you know, no big deal. And you'll find that's the enemy. He is a despiser, a belittler, a degrader, and he tries to make everything unimportant, common, no big deal, so that you don't make a big deal out of anything. Oh, it's just the body. And you how many times have you heard this? Well, it's my body. Well, not if you're a Christian. Amen. Is that right? Not if you're a Christian. What did he say? What? Know you not that your body is the temple? Now, a temple, the word there re- d- describes a sacred place. Is your body... A sacred place? See, how many believers even believe that? Is your body the temple? The sacred place? The holy sanctuary? Of the Holy Spirit? Is it or not? Can you see why he had to say, what? You don't know this. You don't understand this, do you? Everybody said out loud, my body, my body is a holy sanctuary, a holy sanctuary of, the holy Spirit. of the Holy Spirit. That's what temple means. A holy place. Temple. Thank God for these buildings. But this building's not the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Lord said, you know, God doesn't live in temples made with men's hands. He's too big for that. He lives in us. Hallelujah. I said he lives in us. Reckon he cares about how we treat his temple. Now there's certain things we wouldn't do, even with his buildings. We wouldn't let somebody drive a herd of pigs in here. Let them stay overnight.
1: (laughs) Get them in out of the rain, you know.
0: And there's always a demand for places and venues for people to have shows. And we've had I don't know how many folks want to use our venue. The answer is always no. We're not gonna let somebody come in. Have an ungodly event. Cussing and ranting on the on the stage and who knows what kind of activity on the on the floor and in the back and everywhere else. No, why? It, it, it's his place. And yet, it's not the temple. I said, it, it, it's, it's not nearly as important as your body to God. And yet, we have standards even about the buildings, which one day will just be dust and gone. Say it again my body, my body. is not my, not my own, it's been bought with a price. It's been and my, and my body is, is a holy sanctuary, a holy sanctuary of, the holy of the Holy Spirit. Do you think we need more understanding of this? We need, yes. we need more revelation. Would it affect how we treat our own bodies? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that covers a, a lot of things. He said, uh, don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. Say that out loud. I am not my own. I am not my own. Say it again. I am not my own. I am not my own. Another time, I am, not. I am not my own. See, It's not just my body to do with whatever I want to. If I'm a Christian, now if you're not a Christian, okay, you can do whatever you want to. But if you're a Christian, Your body is not your own to do whatever you decide to do with. It is not. It goes on to say, verse 20, for you are bought with a price. Other translations say a high price. Well, think about it. How much did he pay? How high is the price? What did the Lord have to pay to get our body? See, this is the thing. Jesus did not just go to the cross in spirit. Amen. He didn't just procure for us a spiritual only salvation and redemption. He let them time to the whipping post. Is that right? And they scourged his what? Body. His body. That's why the Bible says by his stripes or bruises. Our wounds, we are healed. He didn't need to be punished for his sins. He didn't have any. So what's he being punished for? Your sins. My sins. And then he let him lay him down on the cross and nail his his hands and his feet. He let them hang him up there. And him die, he let them pierce him in the side with that spear, jam the crown of thorns, his body. Everybody say body, body, body. body. This keeps revealing the price he paid for your body. He went to the cross. Spirit, soul, and body. He redeemed you. Spirit and soul and body. He bought it. I said he bought it. Amen. He bought this. Put your hand on your hand or somewhere on your body. Touch it. Say, say Jesus, bought Jesus bought this. To keep it for eternity. The Bible says that our bodies are a part of Christ. Even says we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And people say, well, I I don't like that. I wanted to get rid of this one and and get a new one. And that's not exactly how it is. You will have a new body, but it'll be this one glorified. If that wasn't the case, there wouldn't need to be a resurrection. Just bury them, forget about them. End of that. Pick up your new one later. But that's not what's going to happen. When the trumpet sounds, tell me what's going to happen. What's going to happen? If you died already, this body, this one, the one you're in right now is going to be raised from the dead and changed from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible means it can't be damaged, it can't be sick, it can't age, it can't weaken, it's not corruptible. So even though there's a lot you may not like about your body right now, dear heart, be of good cheer. When the glory of God gets through passing through it, you're going to be very, very happy. You're going to look better than you ever did. You're going to feel better than you ever did. And it's never going to change. And that's not a fairy tale. That's the Bible. And I, for one, believe the Bible. I'm listening for a me too, me too. Okay, all right. Go to First Thessalonians, if you would. First Thessalonians, 4th chapter. Now, um, before I get to this, I, I gave, I believe the Lord gave it to us, and I gave to you back earlier in this series, three things to act on. Where your body is concerned. And we're adding one today. I believe it's the direction of the Lord. So that'd make four. But the first three were. Be thankful. For your body. Everybody say "Be be thankful. Be thankful. For your one. And only body. If you lose your body. Your life down here is done. Is that right? All of your aspirations, no matter the call on your life or ministry or whatever the case may be, if your body stops functioning, it's done. And how we started off this series is we're talking about finishing our course. Going all the way. Completing our entire course that God has for us. In order to do that, you've got to stay in the body. Right? You got to stay in the body long enough to do that. Forever how long that is. And it's got to function well enough for you to be able to do what you need to do. Heart, lungs, arms, legs, brain, all of you. It's got to function well enough. Well the passage we read said that the body is not made I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Well it said not, it's not made for fornication. It's not made to do just anything with but it's made for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And the more dedicated your body is for the Lord the more rights he has to keep your body. Everybody say my body for the Lord. My body. And the Lord for my body. body. See that's a scripture. My body for the Lord. And right after it says. The Lord for my body. Do you reckon he could keep you? Oh he made this thing. Is that right? You talk about tweaking. Improving. Replacing parts. Is that right? Unclogging stuff. and Getting rid of inflammation. And infection. And restoring joy child's play to him is that right but if you got no time for him and you're using your body for things he told you even not to do and all this other stuff what obligation does he have to keep you in top shape to rebel against him come on do you hear this no see in that case you're on your own you don't want to be on your own on your own ain't enough You ain't going to make it very far on your own. And that's when you become incapacitated. That's when you die young. Y'all listening? You don't make it all the way. But you know, the Bible said about Moses. And he obviously, Moses was a completely dedicated individual to God. And even when he's 120 years old, the Bible said his eyesight wasn't dim. On, yeah. And his natural force hadn't abated. One characteristic of growing old is kind of kind of drying out. And it was saying he retained his moisture. He was more like a much younger man. And God had to tell him it was time for him to die. And he climbed a mountain <laughs> at age 120 to die and died without disease or without a crime or without accident just left his body and went to be with the Lord because he had finished his course. He made it all the way. I'm just giving as an example. Can God keep your body? Oh he can. He can. If your body is for him if it's for him and the more it is for him then the more he can do for it. Said out loud, my body for the Lord, for the Lord. And, the Lord for and the Lord for my body. Now see, that's, that's scripture. That's right there where we're reading in our text. So what's the first thing we gave you? Thank you. Be thankful for your body. I want you to say it right now, Lord, thank you, thank you. For, my body. for my body. Forgive me, Forgive me. Forever despising, it, forever despising it, are not being thankful for it. It's the only one I have, apparently the only one I will ever have. I will ever have. And, I and I thank you that I have a body. That I have a body. Amen. Amen. And you want to keep this in your mind tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of your life. Anytime you ever think about despising your body, you stop it. You shut your mouth. You repent. If you don't have a body, you don't have a life down here. Right. Is that right? right? And I assure you, yeah, it has a myriad of imperfections. All of us do. And issues. But when God gets through with it, yeah. Amen. Woo, when the glory gets through going through Amen. it, you're going to be so happy. Yeah. So happy. Secondly, your words. Be responsible with your words concerning your body. James says, James chapter 3 and verse 2, that if you're able to control your words, you can control your whole body. You're able to bridle or steer or control your whole body with your words. This is one of the biggest areas where people are struggling and failing over and over again cuz they just won't shut up saying dumb stuff about their bodies. It matters. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if you say for 20 years I can't do this, I can't have this, this doesn't work for me. I have a slow metabolism. Say that another 10 years and see how it works for you. I have a bad this. I have a weak this. This never works for me. I've tried everything. That's not being an intelligent believer. Your words, your words. Seek the Lord about what to say over yourself, over your body, over your situation. Don't just talk how it looks. Or how it feels. Faith even calls those things that be not. Is that right? As though they were. And he said let the weak say what? I am strong. I am strong. strong. Call it healed. Call it whole. Call it sound. Call it strong. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it feels like. No matter what the test or report says. Call it what the Lord tells you to call it. Is that right? Yes. And refuse to talk bad about your body. Yes. Stop it. Stop it. Say out loud. Lord help, me Lord help me with my words, with my words. Over, myself, over myself, over my body. Over my body. Arrest, me, Arrest me lest I say wrong things, I say wrong that, things. I say. that I should not say. And show me what to say. And I'll, and I'll do it in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if you'll do that, it will change your life. And it'll change your body. Amen. I said it'll change your body. Amen. Your body can change Amen. inside and out. Amen. It can change. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Help them out. Say, watch your words, watch your words. Over, your body. over your body. Watch your words. Watch your words. One of the other things is, and we've already given you this one, the third one was, how you take care of it. You are the custodian of the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's it's your job to take care of that temple. What you do or don't do with it. Now, you begin to talk about some of these things and a lot of times immediately people start yielding to condemnation mm-hmm. see it's got even quieter when I said that, <laughs> <laughs> and that does nobody any good we're not talking about condemnation we're not talking about looking at the past or the problems it's just this do you want to be a good caretaker yeah. Yeah. of the Lord's temple? Yes. do you yeah. well that's something to work with right there right. If you want to be. And uh, being a good attendant means that you, you maintain it. You take care of it. Now that doesn't mean you think about your body all the time and you spend your whole life on your body. That's not what that means. But just like, you know, there ought to be a certain level of where you stay in your house. It ought not be a trash pile. It ought not smell bad. Is that right? It ought to be just, you know, (laughs) acceptable and unacceptable. (laughs) Is that right? Level of clean or tidy or what have you. And you'll find, did you notice how many times that that Jesus ministered to people who were oppressed of the devil and they were said to have unclean spirits? Unclean? Nasty is not of God. It's not. It's of the enemy. He is the one that pushes decay and neglect and degrading and demeaning. That's him. That's him. Not God. Not God. Right? And when it comes to your own body, you want to uh, take care of it in a decent way. I don't mean you got to think about it night and day, but there should be acceptable and unacceptable. Right. Is that right? We got to clean this thing up. Mm-hmm. We got to improve this, right? We got to get this at a, at a better place. Why? Well, our, our, right now you, you look around. Clean? Yeah. Building? Yeah. Is that right? Clean seat to sit in? You don't have any uh, you know gum sticking to your back? <laughs> <laughs> Good air to breathe. Good lights. And this is just the building. This is not the temple. Is that right? Tell me what the temple is. This. This is the temple. Right here. So it's much more important. How you take care of your body. Than how you take care of your house. Much more important. How you take care of your body. Than how you take care of your car. Or your yard. Because they don't even compare. To the value of this. Mm -hmm. You lose your car. You still got a life. Mm -hmm. Is that right? You lose this. Your life is over down here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How you attend to it. Now the fourth one. Is what I've been leading up to. Go to 1 Thessalonians. This is the fourth one. There's a lot more to be said about that, and perhaps we will, but time's clicking past. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. Thessalonians, excuse me. 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, watch me. (laughs) He said, furthermore then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Verse 2. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. A lot of people looking for the will of God. Here it is. Right? This is the will of God. Even your sanctification... Now he's going to use that word another two or three times just in the next three verses. Sanctification. It can be translated also holiness. Same word. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification Sanctification also translated holy. Holiness. Holiness. What does that mean? It means it's the opposite of common. It means special. It means clean and pure. Holy means separated from what defiles. From what is ugly and ungodly and unclean. And separated to God's use and his purposes. Holy to the Lord means... It belongs to him. It means it's used for what he wants it to be used for. And it is not common and unimportant or not valuable. And it is not used for ignoble or wrong or ugly purposes. Everybody say sanctified. Sanctified. Sanctification. Keep, Keep reading it. He says... This is the will of God. What's the will of God? Your sanctification and he mentions specifically that you abstain from fornication. Now fornication is sex outside of covenant. It would include sex before marriage, outside of marriage it would include, you know, adultery sometimes is included with these ideas. Sex with somebody who's in covenant with somebody else. Um, it is, but but—but to me it kind of sums it up to say, is sex outside of covenant? Sex with your covenant partner, your spouse, is not a, an unclean thing. It's not an unholy thing. It's a clean thing. But going outside of covenant having sex with strangers, having sex with people you're not in covenant with. That's what he's talking about. And that's what he was talking about in 1 Corinthians 6. Now, why do you have to get into that? Well, it's the same thing today. People say, well, hey, it's my body. It's just sex. But see, that's not understanding how valuable your body is. It's not understanding your body's not your own. To do with what you choose to. Or what you choose to let somebody else do to it. And not realizing. That your body is actually. Holy. Holy temple. Holy sanctuary. Of the Holy Spirit. So. We gave you three things. Talking about. And I believe these are very very significant. About this whole series. If you missed these. Then you kind of missed the whole thing. What's the first three we gave you? About what to do about your body? Be thankful. Watch every word you say about it. And what else? How you take care of it. Is that right? How you attend to it. And the fourth one is the uses of it. What you use your body to do are what you allow it to be used for uses. And I'll get ahead of myself a little bit, but the fourth point would be honorable uses. You you use your body only for honorable uses. Now in let's keep reading this first Thessalonians four. This is the will of God, even your sanctification or your holiness that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, that's how much your body, vessel and body are used interchangeably, how to possess your body in sanctification and honor. He uses these two words. Everybody said out loud. Sanctification. sanctification. And, honor. and honor. You're supposed to control your body. In these two ways. That it's sanctified. And honorable. Not in the lust. Of concupiscence. Even as the Gentiles. Which know not God. Now what that means is. No restraint, you know, just whatever lust you have, go for it. And he's saying, that's the way the ungodly do. That's not the way we're to do. There are things that should be off limits. Is that right? For us to do with our body. And he goes on to say that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Now this is talking about adultery, having you know having sex with your brother's wife and that kind of thing, your neighbor's wife or husband, and and um, because the Lord's the avenger of all such as we have forewarned you and testified, He's saying there'll be consequences when you do that. This is New Testament, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yes. New Testament, yes. and saying you know it just happened ain't going to fly. I mean, you might be talking to people, they might let it go after that, but the Lord ain't going to accept that. Well, it just happened. We didn't mean for it to, but it just happened. Well, and, and a lot of people have made a lot of mistakes. We're not looking back, we're not talking about condemnation, but do we need to be clear on what's right? What's okay, what's not okay? Do we need to be clear? moving forward. And like I said, a lot of people have made a lot of mistakes in the room here. We know that. We're not talking about that, but do we at some point need to get clear on how we're going to live going forward? What's okay, what's not okay to do with our body. So these four things we've given. Be thankful for your body. What's your words that you speak over your body? Take care of it as far as the maintenance of it, you know? Feeding of it, caring of it, resting of it, all those kind of things. But then, fourthly, you don't use it for just anything. Is that right? You don't allow it to be used for just anything. We are to learn how to possess That is to take possession of and control our body in a sanctified or holy and also honorable way. He said, verse 7 For God has not called us to uncleanness, but to holiness. He, therefore, that despises, doesn't despise man but God. See, people will say, oh, y'all are just holier than thou. You know, you got all these rules and this. Hey, I didn't write this. You didn't write this. Is that right? And so you can make fun and mock and despise, but you're mocking God, making fun of God. No, don't despise it. God has given to us his Holy Spirit. So it shouldn't be a shock to us that the home of the Holy Spirit he wants in a decent shape and he wants it holy. Is that right? And he doesn't want it used for a bunch of junk, a bunch of ungodly and unclean stuff. Different translations say it like this, that each of you should know how to win mastery over his own vessel in holiness and honor. The NIV says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that's honorable holy rather and honorable. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord. for, my body. for my, body. my body. I appreciate my body. I'm glad to have a body, to have a body. and to have a life. Let's go over a few things about the use of the body. And this ties over two of the other three areas we've already talked about. Being a good caretaker of it and your words. We should not neglect our body. Shouldn't neglect it. Treat it badly. Not care for it not give it any activity when it needs some. Somebody say, don't neglect it. Did you know uh, the Proverbs talks about that an individual who doesn't do what they should do is a a brother to a great waster. And I believe it's the Amplified that talks about if you don't use your efforts to uh, help yourself when you're in need or sick, that you're a brother to him who commits suicide. So there are some natural things you need to do. And sometimes people in our circles, word and faith people, they have uh, said, yeah, but I'm just going to believe God and not go to the doctor and not use a treatment or not use a thing. And sometimes that's neglect. Because they're not doing it because the Lord told them not to do it. They're not doing it out of fear. And calling it faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we don't receive according to what God can do. We receive according to our faith. Yeah. And God knows where our faith is. And there will be times he'll tell you go to the doctor. Right. That's right. I said there will be times God will tell you. Yeah. To go to the doctor. Yeah. Not because he can't do it. Because mm-hmm. he knows where your faith is. Now, you're still going to use your faith, yeah, yeah. Right. just at a different level. Oh, I'm getting some looks across the crowd. <laughs> My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagan, Sr., who's in heaven now, this would have been way back, you know, many decades ago. He was on the road praying, getting ready for his service, and he said, uh, he and his wife, Miss Aretha, they wrote letters to each other instead of running up a long-distance phone bill, because he was on the road a lot. And he said the Lord prompted him to get up and call her. And he thought, well, you know, I'll just write her later, you know. And and then he said it came up again, call her right now. Tell her to go to the doctor. He thought, really? I mean, he's having healing meetings and healing lines in his, in his service there. And he said he, he paused there. And he said it came up real strong, Get up now. And go call her now. Tell her to go to the doctor. So he did. He kind of got up shaking. He went and called her. And she was surprised that he called. Said, he said, you, are you feeling okay? She said, yeah, I got you know a few little symptoms, but no big deal. He said, well, the Lord told me you, you need to go to the doctor right now. She said, well, I got this. He said, no, the Lord told me to tell you, go right now. So she did. And they found out she had a critical situation. That if she had waited just a half a day, she might have died. But they caught it. They were able to do some things. She lived many, many years after that. Hallelujah. Well, why did the Lord do that? He knew where she's at. Is that right? He knew where her, not just where Brother Hagen's faith is. Where's her faith too? That's, that's a big part of this. But I'm saying, if they had said, no, we're not going to do that. Right. That's neglect. Yes. Can you see that? Yes. That's neglect. Not doing what you know to do. And when there's something that can be done and it's available to you. And you won't even try. And call it believing God. Mm-hmm. When a lot of times the truth is, you're just afraid to do it. Yeah. Fearful. Fearful. How many understand being full of fear about something has got nothing to do with faith? That's the opposite of faith. Well, God don't need that. And God, Listen, there's nothing impossible with God. He could heal you in the blink of an eye and put you on the moon at the same time. But you don't receive based on what he can do. You don't receive according to his ability and power and what he can do. You receive according to your, not mine, not somebody else's, your faith and all our faiths at different places. Is that right? And thank God for medical science because a whole lot of people would have been dead a long time ago. But they made it through that and then had time to build their faith and grow and develop. I know I had a, a fellow Bible instructor when I, when I taught in the Bible school years ago, and he, he was old enough to be my grandfather, and we had offices across from each other, and um, great man, wonderful man, and he had had this situation, I guess at this point he was, he was probably pushing 80, and um, he had had this situation in his body that had just been with him for a few years now, and it was getting worse and getting worse, and, and I cared about him, And in praying for him one day, I was impressed of the Lord to go talk to him. Now, I'm a young, wet behind the ears, whippersnapper. and He's the elder. So you tread carefully. But at the same time, he knew knew I cared about him. And I said, I called his name. I said, what about this situation? He said, yeah, I'm just, uh," he said, "Uh, it's gotten worse. He said, but uh," he said, I don't want to uh, displease the Lord. By using means. Now he's old school, and that's the words he used. He said, "By using means." Now he was talking about surgeries or that kind of thing. He said, "I just want to trust God." I said, "I understand that." I said, "But," uh," and the Lord had given me this this example in prayer. I said, "I understand that." I said, "But," uh," I said, "What about this?" I said, "Have you ever got a splinter in your finger or in your hand?" Splinter of any kind? He said, Yeah, sure. I said, uh, How'd you deal with that? How'd you deal with that? He said, Well, you know, get you a, get you a needle, get you some tweezers, alcohol. I said, That sounds like means. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Sounds like means. I said, why wouldn't you just bleed for it to dematerialize? Why use tweezers? Why use a needle? Why you? He said, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I said, didn't they say it's a simple procedure? They could go in there and take it out and and you could believe God for them to do a perfect procedure. You could believe God for Him to speed up the healing. You could, it's not like you're not going to believe God. You're going to use your faith. Did He tell you not to do it? Well, no, I didn't. I said, Well, it's a thought. And I went back to my office. Well, a few weeks later, He said, I scheduled it, Keith. And uh, He came out smelling like a rose. Man, he came out wonderful. And it wasn't bothering him anymore. And it didn't hinder him anymore. Didn't hinder him ministering and speaking. Could God have done it without it? You know he could have. But you don't receive according to what God can do. How many times did Jesus tell people how they received? He said, according to your your faith. And what you do is you think about, if I don't do it, you think about, can, can you see how you, visualize how you're going to come out? Is there fear there? See, if you can't get rid of the fear, you're not okay. You've got to get to the place where you can get rid of the fear. All right. Well, if you do, do it. Can you see God helping them, helping you, coming out on the other side, healing up quick, being okay? You understand what I'm talking about? Which can you see? Because that tells you where your faith is at. What can you see? Why am I talking about this? Don't neglect. Don't neglect your health. If you can do something about it. There's too many people have died calling themselves believing God. Yeah. When they could have, especially if they would have done something a few years ago. Don't reject things just because you're scared to do it. Just because of fear. And seek the Lord. And let him tell you. Just like he told Brother Hagin. Now I lived around Brother Hagin. You won't find a stronger faith man anywhere. And yet he told him. Tell his wife to go to the doctor. On that occasion. Can you see that? So what's the answer? Every day's a new day. You need to pray and hear from God. Is that right? You need to be led by the spirit. About this particular case. No two are just alike. But when the Lord shows you something and prompts you, don't neglect to do it. Don't put it off indefinitely. Take care of things. Is that right? Take care of yourself. Take care of these situations. Mistreating your body is not okay. It's not honorable. Everything from only eating junk all the time to uh, overeating all the time, to some people starving themselves all the time. None of that's okay, because it hurts your body, which is not your own. Can you see this mistreating? And abusing your body through uh, excessive alcohol and drugs and cutting. How many understand? You ought to ask the Lord before you get a tattoo. I mean anything Why piercings I'm telling you it's his body you better ask him see what he says about it what did he say in his word what is he saying to you about it reckless actions (laughs) I'm a living testimony of the mercy of God (laughs) when I was a kid when I was a teenager oh dear me you know, you think you are indestructible when you're young. I, I had to go to the emergency room at least once every summer to get sewed up, and patched up, something put in a cast. And, well, that ain't so good. You know, taking a dare. Mm-hmm. Trying to impress somebody. Is that Right. I dove off of this thing. Nobody should have dove off into the water. Hit rocks. Oh. Cut my arms. Oh, no. All right, let's go to the ER. Get sewed up. I, trying to go too fast on motorcycles. Went down in the road. Slid on my hands and knees. and You know, fell out of trees. Out of barn lofts. It's amazing I can stand here and think good. <laughs> Preach to you. Somebody say, Praise God. It's, it's a miracle. It's a, it's a great thing. But if I had been thinking better, I'd have realized it's not just my body to throw in harm's way because I had a whim, or to push it and damage it because it's the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. And just like we wouldn't let just anybody use this place. For some wild ungodly thing. Well don't use your body. Or let anybody else use it. For some wild ungodly thing. And you know perhaps the worst abuse of all. Suicide. There's been a number of people who said they were believers who wound up killing herself. Hanging herself, shooting herself. Is it your body to hang? Is it your body to kill? It's not. I said it's not. I heard about some money recently. It just hurt my heart. They killed herself. Took their own life and you think what? What? An unbeliever okay, they're not even connected to God. They're in misery. I understand. It's wrong. They should get saved. But a believer taking their own life? That is gross ignorance. Is that right? They certainly didn't go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm thinking about shooting myself. Is it okay? What's he going to tell you? I'm thinking about hanging myself. Is it okay? He's never going to tell you it's okay. It's his body. I said it's his body. It's not okay for you to destroy it. Or even consider an idea of destroying it. I heard a guy one time. He said he he, he got in such a mess. He he decided he'd take his own life. So he hung himself. And he died. But the paramedics got to him real quick. And they eventually revived him. And he said he, he left his body. But they got his body going again and he came back in his body. He said the moment, you know, he kicked the chair over and he's dying, laying there, breathing his last. He said the moment he breathed his last and realized he's, he's leaving his body, he thought, what have I done? He said regret just hit him. Why? Because you get out from these influences here, you realize what's What? And he said regret just hit him like a ton of bricks. And he thought, what did I do? What did I do? For one thing, what did you do to the people that care about you? How selfish it is. Right? They're going to have to live with what you just did. They're going to have to deal with that and the repercussions of it. No, friend. That is ultimate abuse of your own body which is not your own, which has been bought with a price. Somebody said out loud, I will not, I will not commit, suicide. commit suicide. It'll never happen. It will never happen. I, will not I will not mistreat, mistreat and abuse, and abuse my, body. my body. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Put your hands on your body somewhere. We're going to start off by confessing Jesus is Lord. Lord over all of me. Say it out loud, Father God. God, Thank you for salvation. thank salvation. Thank Thank you for sending Jesus. I receive... All that he has done for me. me. How he bought me. me. Spirit. Spirit. Soul. Soul. Mind. Mind. And body. body. Jesus. Jesus. I confess you. you. As Lord of my life. life. Savior. Savior. Of Of my whole being. Forgive me. For any abuse abuse of myself, myself, this body body you've made me caretaker of, of. I'm a steward of it. I'm the caretaker of it. it. Show me how how to care for it it. in a manner manner that pleases you. you. It's It's your body. You bought it and paid for it. And you're letting me use it. Show me how. You want it handled. How you want it treated. What you want it to be used for. And not used for. I submit myself. To your will. Your ways. Your plan. Your word. I say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, Lord. Jesus is Lord over me, over me. Spirit, spirit, soul, soul mind, mind, body, body everything. everything. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,